It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 708 at News Talk WSB, 43 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves. The Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do. And if you have a bug or a weed or a weird thing that you want to show me, I will be in Athens this afternoon from 11 to 1 at Kofer's Home and Garden. So if you want to come visit me over there, if you're on the northeast side of Atlanta, up through Winder and Brazelton and uh, where else? And uh, Gainesville, Athens, of course, uh, on the way over there. Kofer's Home and Garden, 11 to 1 this afternoon. they got lots of other things going on, too. There'll be plant representatives and product representatives and all sorts of sales and stuff like that. So come see me, Kofer's, this afternoon, 11 to 1 o'clock. At eight minutes past the hour, Debbie is in Cleveland, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Debbie. Hey there. How are you doing? I'm doing morning? great. How can I help? I have some miniature rose bushes in my front yard. I've got some around the tree, and then I've got some in a little alcove. I also have a, a full-size rose bush in the same area. Yeah. My miniature rose bushes are losing their leaves. I'm not hmm. sure if I can't really tell if they're all just falling off or if there might be some little animal that is eating <laughs> them. Everything you know below the very top is gone. So, would you say the twigs are there, but the leaves are gone, or the twigs are gone as well as the leaves? No, the twigs are there, but the leaves are gone. Hmm. I'll be honest, I never have success with many roses, and I've, this has been probably 10 years ago that I sort of signed the No Mini Rose Pledge and didn't grow them anymore. <laughs> These okay. are pains about to do. I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, um, so, I mean, this happens every year. We've had them out there three years now. And every year, we do know there is, there are some little rabbits that yeah. live in our area and our neighborhood. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe they're doing that. I guess it's possible, and this may be where Debbie does her homework, where you get some chicken wire or a cage or a wire basket or something, them. put it over the top, and just see what happens. Okay. If the one Alrighty. under the cage is affected, then that's not a rabbit that does it. Of course, okay. the, the mini roses, in my experience, are the ones that get leaf spot. They get the black spot on them more readily than even other roses do. And that's why I gave up on them. So okay. if you're not doing anything about black spot, then do a fungicide spray pretty regularly. But you would see that on the rest of the leaves on the mini rose. You wouldn't have just the top leaves affected. It would be most of the leaves would be right. showing and symptoms there. And I don't there. see anything on the leaves that have actually looked like they've been laying on the ground. Yeah. So, okay. Mm. If it's you. a critter, let me know about that, Debbie. I would be curious if you do find the definitive answer of who ate the mini rose leaves. I would love to know. I will let you know if please I figure do. that out. All right. Please do, Deb. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks okay. for calling. Uh -huh. I learn by talking to my callers, and hopefully that learning goes over to you, and you find out more things. Coming up in the next few minutes, John in Villarica wants to follow up on his son's cabbage project. Hopefully John had some success with the, or his son had some success growing cabbage. Uh, Eric in Bogart needs recommendations for, fountain, for foundation shrubs. Kay joins us over in Bishop, Georgia. Hey, Kay. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Okay, I, I took it. I have taken to heart your advice of 
preparation, and I wanted to plant some new dawn roses on the southern exposure. Uh Um, And and these are going to be at the base of of a deck, so... I want them to go up the, the poles, but of course that means that there's concrete and rock Ooh, and all yeah. that stuff. And I know that's not the best. So my solution, and I want your opinion on it, was to have uh, boxes built out of the engineered the plastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, to so and with an open bottom. So does that sound like a decent idea? And how big do those boxes need to be? Big. That new Dawn Rose, I mean, you've seen them before, Kay. They're like monsters. And yeah. so if you have a monster top, you need a relatively large bottom on the new Dawn Rose. And so I wouldn't go any smaller than four feet by four feet. And that may be too big for the place where you're going to put it under the uh, deck. Nah. That'd be fine. It would? Yeah, that'd be fine. So four width, four feet by four, four feet. Four feet and a couple of feet deep, yeah. All right. And well, the bottom's going to be open, so, you know, they'll get a little bit, maybe. Yeah, they can go down into the cracks, and they'll do it. I mean, roses are pretty inventive and exploratory, and the roots go where the where life is good. So, um, yeah, they may come out the bottom of the box, and that's okay with you. It's okay with me. But the box yep. itself, I think four feet by four feet, just to accommodate that mass of roots that will be needed to supply moisture, mostly moisture up to the top. And in the summertime, if it's 95 degrees for two weeks in a row, and no rain, then I want to see Kay out there watering that box. Watering them. I'll be yeah. doing it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Walter. All right, Kay. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 will get you in to take Kay's place. John in Villa Rica. Let's hear about that cabbage. Hey, John. Good morning. How are you doing? So what happened? Um, it's doubled in size. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it, it had some kind of fungus on it. Uh, like I was telling you a couple of weeks ago, you know, my son is in, a, is in a, an accelerated program yeah. of school. Actually, call it STEM. Uh, he brought this cabbage home that he'd been growing. Well, we we planted it. We put it in a box, and uh, it, it was just dying. Yeah. Well, I called you a couple of weeks ago, uh, and you told me what to do. You told me to put some Miracle Grow on it and keep it in the sun. And it has it, it's doubled in size. That's uh, terrific. I was gonna cheat, uh, you know. I was gonna cheat. I was gonna go to Home Depot, get him <laughs> another cabbage. <laughs> but I wanted to talk with you first, uh, and your advice worked. Well, thank you very much. Well, great. Uh, when you say doubled in size, what? How big is it now then? Well, um, it we had pruned it and. It was like the big leaves had yellow spots on it. Yeah, yeah. And it was as big as, you know, a baseball after we pruned it. Well, it's as, it's as big as a basketball. Oh, that's terrific, John. You and your son, y'all are doing good. No need to cheat if you've got one that big. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we thought it was going to die. And we did our research and... Like like I was telling you, it had a fungus. Well, yeah. we we put uh, the Miracle Grow on it. We we've got it in direct sunlight for most of the day. Yeah. Uh, and now it's doing good. It's that's doing exactly good. what you gave it what it wants. And I think that that's the main thing with cabbage, at least with fungal diseases on cabbage. Is it giving them what they want? Give them full sun, moderate moisture, so a little bit of fertilizer to push those leaves on them. 
and they grow through the diseases pretty well. Cabbage looper caterpillars, that's a whole nother problem we'll deal with a different time. But the uh, diseases, pretty much, if you give the cabbage what it wants, it will fight its own fight against diseases and leaf, things like that. John, thanks so much for calling. I am really, really proud of you and your son for having success with that. Eric is over in Bogart, Georgia, and joins us on Lonnie Garden. Hey, Eric, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Walter? I'm doing all right. What's up? I have a house, uh, a fairly new house, and uh, we got the builder's grade uh, turn-in of uh, bushes, but they, it, I think they just found what they could on sale and put in, because we, it really is not... Uh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> you know, Come on, Eric, you like, think? That might be like the case. A lot of money. Uh-huh. So I really just want to start over and see what, what would work well. Um, my house faces directly south. Um, I, we live over near Bogart, over near the reservoir. Yeah. So, so it's pretty, pretty hot then on the front of the house. A lot of sun and pretty hot then during the summertime. It is. It is. Uh, there's a pine island in the center that they they were able to save some uh, uh, oaks, some pin oaks, and it, it's going to look really nice, this, mm-hmm. uh, this pine island out there. But it really doesn't deflect the sun much, so it, I, I would consider it pretty much full sun. Well, you got a lot of choices. I mean... I've just seen so much success with Laura Pedalum that I'm always first in line thinking, get the right size. Don't get the Laura Pedalum that grows 12 feet tall. That's not one you want. Don't get the one that's one foot tall. Mm-hmm. That's not the one either. But mm-hmm. uh, Laura Pedalum does nicely as a foundation hedge. How how tall do you want the shrub to be? Uh, I would say maybe no more than three to four feet. Uh, I think what I may do, you said you're going to be in Athens yeah. Uh, today? Yeah. Where, where are you going to be? I made Kofer's Home and Garden on the Atlanta Highway. Uh, K-O-F-E-R-S? No, C- C-O-F-E-R. Perfect. You know what? I think I'm just going to bring pictures and maybe some samples of sprigs, and we can talk. Bring it on, Eric. And, you know, not only me, but also the people at nurseries that are there. I go to nurseries quite often, to Pike Nursery, of course, and to uh, Autumn Hill Nursery. I was there a couple of weeks ago, and they are really, really good at taking pictures. And that's the lovely thing. If you bring a picture and say, this is my situation, what do you suggest? And they can walk you over to a line of different size, shape, color, flower, shrubbery and say, this is one, this is one, this one, this one, and let you do a little thought on it and get a cart over there and dig them up, or pick them up and go dig the holes and plant them. Does UGA have their sale today as well? The, Ooh, is uh, it Plantapalooza? Is that might be today. Mm-hmm. Uh, look up Plantapalooza and see. I don't know whether that's UGA's uh, sale day or not. Okay. Thank Plant-a-Palooza. you so much. You bet. Thanks for calling. It's 718. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. As you heard Kirk say, it's going to be in the mid-60s, mid to high-60s today. 50 degrees or so in the overnights. Tomorrow, 70-some-odd. Oh, that's going to be nice to be outside the sunshine tomorrow. The ground is really soft right now. You can pull weeds with abandon. You can plant with abandon. It's all sorts of things going on in the garden. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. And traffic Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but mostly Sunday, Monday. 
It's going to be really, really fun to see how Atlantans adapt to the new traffic challenges we have, and the WSB traffic team will be on site, ready to serve with questions and answers throughout the day. One of the things that you can do if you want to really stay up to date on traffic in Atlanta, subscribe, or not subscribe, follow Ashley Frasca on Twitter. She has pictures, she has comments, she has some of the most interesting commentary on traffic, plus pictures of where the traffic is backed up and the accident itself and all that kind of stuff. Her Twitter handle is Ashley Frasca WSB. You will not regret it. It is a lot of fun to read her tweets about traffic. Tom is in Sandy Springs and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tom, good morning. Good morning. Hey, man, what's up? I love listening to your program every Saturday. Um, I have um, what I call a drainage problem where I have put uh, these black plastic circles. Yeah. uh, And uh, I got roots now coming into them and stopping the drainage. Uh. Well, I mean, Tom, you gave the tree what it wanted, a nice, moist, warm, <laughs> moist you know, place to live. And the, what else do you want it to do? Tree's not going to go away just because Tom said, don't get in my plastic. Don't you get in my plastic. No. <laughs> uh, Tom, I think instead, uh, it, it, this is buried, right, under the ground? Yeah. I think you better go with solid plastic. Okay. Go with the three or four inch solid. Uh, You can use, there is a solid black plastic drainage pipe. You can just direct everything into that and let that be your drain system. Not the holes. Don't have any holes. And there needs to be some way, if you can, to seal the joints. And if you really don't think you can seal the joints between uh, end-to-end links of the black plastic pipe with no holes in it, then you need to go with welded plastic pipe, the white stuff. The white stuff is three or four inches in diameter. You have to weld the joints together as you go from gutter to wherever you go out to. But one or the other has got to be in place because if the roots of a tree find something that's moist consistently and warm maybe and just a really awesome place to live, they're going to be there. And you got to think of some way or some material that won't let the roots in to grow in that root, in that uh, pipe system there. It's 728 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 735, 43 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your landscape. And if you don't know what to do, hey, give me a call. I can take easy questions. I can take hard questions. Beginner gardener questions are my specialty. If you've never gardened before, if you're a millennial and are thinking, man, I'd like to learn a little bit more about what I'm doing, give me a call at 404-872-0750 or... You can send me tweets if you have a Twitter account. Just put the hashtag AskWalter, hashtag AskWalter. I'm really looking forward to being at Pike Nursery again. I'll be in the Pike Nursery Ackworth store next Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. 
and I'll be there till ten till nine o'clock, of course. And the great thing again, we'll have the giveaways from Chateau Alain for a night stay there. The Ackworth Chick Fil A, our good friends over there, are gonna bring us Chick Fil A biscuits. Ackworth Chick Fil A, we love them. And so hopefully we'll have a good time there. This is the Ackworth Chick-fil-A next, uh, Ackworth Pike Nursery, <laughs> next Saturday morning starting at 6 a.m. Ashley, you got another Twitter question for us? Yeah, folks use Twitter, and they can just use the hashtag, hashtag AskWalter, and ask their question if they don't want to call, and we'll kind of discuss it on the air. Yeah. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, Kimberly asked, I have a Chinese lantern plant in a pot, and the leaves have now a lacy appearance for the last two years. So obviously something's eating them. When's yeah. the best time to apply neem oil or some other product? Yeah. Chinese lantern is a beautiful, beautiful plant, and typically it's grown outdoors. It has, um, I'm assuming she means the abudion, I'm thinking she does, the uh, flowering maple or Chinese lantern plant. It's grown in pots sometimes, and... Honestly, what she could do is take it outside and spray with neem oil now because whatever's causing lacy leaves on the plant, if it's during the wintertime indoors, is probably going to be controlled pretty easily with neem oil now. And I would leave it outside for the rest of the summer because most of the time the plant just grows so much better outside where it gets more sunshine. I wouldn't put it in full direct patio sunshine, but maybe the corner of the patio that gets a little shade from a tree or someplace that's bright shade, I call it. What I do at my house, as a matter of fact, is I have a bunch of uh, uh, Christmas cactus and what else is out there? Christmas cactus and spathophyllum. It's going around the table. But I have a patio table with an umbrella over the top, and that is bright shade, and that's where they grow during the summertime, and they do well there. So I would tell her to take the Chinese lantern outside Spray it with neem oil and leave it outside now in bright shade. Are those the ones that in the fall they literally have a little like pumpkin color yeah. orange lantern on yeah. them? Cool plant. So cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. All right. Hashtag Ask Walter if you have a Twitter account at 738. Let's go to Frank first. Frank, you are on News Talk WSB. Hey, Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. What's up? I have a follow up question on your discussion on Asian ambrosia beans. Oh, yeah, sure. Why? Um, I have three crepe myrtles in a row, about eight feet apart, and one of them I noticed had the toothpicks on them this week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But anyway, I think I'm going to cut that thing off at the base yeah. and burn the thing. But I'm wondering, I'm going to get a lot of sprouts that are going to pop up. <laughs> Can I select one of those things and get a viable trunk that'll turn into another crepe myrtle or is it going to be strong enough let me, let me ask you first I just out of curiosity how many of the toothpicks did you see on your crepe myrtle Frank well before it rained um, I had probably about eight ten <sighs> at the most okay that is right in the range of where you start seeing death and destruction and everything <laughs> wilting above that point one or two no big deal eight to ten to twelve to twenty yeah, we're getting into bad, bad times. So I understand what you mean. You're going to cut it off and then let the thing sprout out at the bottom. And honestly, the best way to do it, yes, you can, as a matter of fact, select one or two or three of those, those sprouts to be your new crepe myrtle. What I would do, though, Frank, is I would wait until 
gosh, I'll wait until the 1st of June. I want to see how strong and straight and vigorous the sprouts are. Some will be smaller and not quite as strong. Some will be very vigorous and straight up and down, and those are the ones you want to keep. And you simply can't tell anything from the sprouts that come in the next couple of weeks. Right. So yeah. wait till June. And when in June you see one, two, three, maybe they're just straight, three feet tall and looking like they're handsome. <laughs> Those are the ones to keep, <laughs> and everything else got them down. And culture the the trunks that you save and let them be the new top to your crate myrtle. So you say probably best just to leave three of them? Two or three, yeah, something okay. like that. All right. Thank you. And Plantapalooza is today. Plantapalooza in Athens. They got the thing in the Plantapalooza. They got the Athens, uh, the Hort, Hort Club over there, and the Botanical, oh, okay. Botanical Garden as well. They got three big plant sales in Athens today. And I'm going to be at Cofer's Home and Garden, so look out, Athens. All right. Sounds good to me. Thanks for calling, Frank. All right. Bye bye. Glenda is out in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Glenda, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you, hear you perfectly, Glenda. Okay. Uh, I'll go quickly, and uh, consider that we've done the pleasantries. Uh, <laughs> I have a giant pine tree in my backyard. It's not a normal pine because it looks like an oak. It's big. Wow. And it has gotten a, a kind of like a scar at the base of the trunk on one side. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's on the west the west side and the scar is kind of getting deeper into it i'm saying scar because i don't know how else to put it i think i know what you're talking about i have scars sometimes on my pine trees yeah and uh so. it's getting deeper into it and it's kind of getting bigger now i know this might sound funny but i've been praying for well. praying and ask god to heal it but is there anything i can do because i don't want to lose i love my trees i don't want to lose that pine tree and plus, the fact it's huge. Yeah, sure. It cost a fortune to have it. Can, should I call a doctor? A yeah, doctor? yeah. That's what you need, Glenda. I mean, truthfully speaking, I can't diagnose something, and that is, you know, a safety issue. Honestly, if there's anything within the reach of that pine tree falling down, that's a liability safety thing that you need somebody on the ground under the tree to say, "Well, Miss Glenda, I think we can do this and this," or Glenda, mm -hmm. we simply can't guarantee this tree is healthy and not going to flip off right here where the, well, where the cancer I, is. It, it's at the beginning. I don't think it's gotten deep enough to... Um, I lost one pine tree to that same whatever it yeah. is, and it got really deep. And they always, it always gets at the base of the tree, like where it might fall. Not you know, always, but yeah, and there, are, and, and could fall. there are a couple of cankers that get on pine trees, or there's one called fusiform rust that causes the yeah, you know, sort of orange of stuff that comes out, and there's pitch canker, and there's two or three more. And one of the things that we don't maybe think about when you have an ISA-certified arborist is mm -hmm. that they spend a lot of time studying physics and engineering because yes. that's what their job is, is to figure yes. out if a tree can stand the loads of various effects and whether, you know, defects in the trunk or defects in the limb will mm -hmm. eventually lead to liability. And so they're not just guys with a chainsaw, women with uh, chainsaws and a hard hat. They are people right. who have studied and been certified and have to take continuing education hours every year. Mm -hmm. And so I would hire an ISA certified arborist to come to yes. your house and look at your pine tree. And I'm glad you said they're not just wanting to cut everything down. Ooh, because they're tree huggers. Oh, that. man, they're tree huggers, big time. Yes, yes, 
yes, yes. If you want to find an arborist, and there are several an consulting arbor arborists and several for people who work for um, tree companies that mm -hmm. they can you know, give you referrals to if you need to take the tree down. But I trust the ISA certified arborists every time well, I have my tree. So the way you find them is go to the website. They uh, have an association. It's called GeorgiaArborist.org. GeorgiaArborist.org. And you just run down the list, and there's some, as I say, that are consultants and some that work for other companies. But if they're an ISA certified arborist, they know what they're talking about, and you can trust their opinion. And it's not going to cost near as much to have one of those folks out there as it will be to have that pine tree taken down should it come to that. That's what I would do. Thanks for calling, Linda. It's 744 at News Talk WSB. We have time. I'm seeing Ashley is out there doing her phone answering thing, but she can very quickly, I think, come up with a number between two and seven. Yes, she can come up with a number between two and seven to determine who will win the weekend prize pack, which includes a pair of tickets to see the award-winning winning film composer Hans Zimmer on July 18th at Verizon Amphitheater, plus a pair of tickets to see Matchbox 20 and Counting Crows Ooh, at Lakewood, August 13th. So you get to see Hans Zimmer on July 18th at Verizon Amphitheater and a pair of tickets to see Matchbox 20, Counting Crows, August 13th. Frasca, who's going to win this weekend Those prize Those aren't pack? the same crowds of music aficionados at all. <laughs> Not at all. Counting Crows and Matchbox 20 is like my <laughs> middle school music. Anyways, that's fine. They're, they'll both be fun. All so right. call her four. Call her number four to our contest line, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Ashley. Before you go to the line there, i got to tell you something that I found an answer to a question we had twice in a row in the last two weeks. If you remember, there was a caller who came in and said, I have an ash tree beside the creek or something that's dropping limbs. What do you think is going on? And I thought it was a hickory tree. We went back and forth. He called again to say, no, it's not a hickory tree. It's an ash tree. It's still dropping these twigs. And a listener emailed me and said, you know what that is? Squirrels. And I thought, doggone, you're exactly right, because I have pictures of where squirrels went through maple trees early in the spring, right about now, and cut a bunch of little 12-inch long twigs out of the tree. And my guy that emailed me said, I've seen them on elms, I've seen them on other trees out. They'll cut 12-inch long sticks, they'll just fall out of the tree. That's what the dude has with his ash tree, and that, I think, is the case. Wow, because I even had a couple of landscapers call for that gentleman, and there's some yeah. disease with, with ash trees yeah, or some ash borer borers or something. and things like that, yeah. Yeah, so squirrels. Yeah. I am reasonably Squirrels are responsible convinced. for a lot of damage. Squirrels, doggone their souls. They are bad, bad boys. So that's what I think it is. All right, go back. Let's find the fourth caller, 404-741-0750. Whew. Goodness, I got that off my chest because I was afraid Stuart would never get that thing done, that we would never get his answer about his ash tree not doing so well. Um, let's see, what else we got? Oh, the Pike Nursery uh, Container Gardening class is going to come up. We'll talk to Mickey Gasway, of course, at 835 to learn the Pike Pick of the Weekend. But I want to remind you that there are bunches of good gardening classes coming up at Pike Nurseries at certain store locations, April 11 through 15, that have container gardening classes. And the big deal that everybody wants to go see, Ladybug Weekend, which will be April 21st and through Sunday, April 23rd. All store locations, they give away 2 million 
ladybugs. So bring the kids. Come to Pike Nursery April the 21st to the 23rd for the ladybug weekend. And then on the 22nd, there is a beneficial bugs class. Again, at most, if not all, I believe, Pike Nursery locations. It's 747. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. In the high 60s this afternoon, the low tonight in the mid-50s, I think Kirk says. Tomorrow, warm, 70-some-odd degrees. Lows in the 50s tomorrow night as well. Not much rain in the forecast at all. Thank goodness for that. I was on Wednesday afternoon watching Glenn Burns just working that radar. Glenn and Brad Nitz were working that radar all afternoon, starting around 11 o'clock when the storms were coming from the west to the east. And when Glenn said, and we have this tornado track, it looks like it's going through Sonoy, and then being Brooks, and then being Woolsey. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm in Woolsey right now, Glenn. What are you talking about? Because I was at my mother's house. And so we... Uh, Walked outside to see if the train, you know, the roaring train was coming and the tin roofs from the chicken houses were flying by. Fortunately, did not see that. But I was very thankful for the, for the weather casters at WSB with radio and TV on Wednesday when the storm came through. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Let's see if we got time to put Carol in here. Yes, we do. All right, Carol, let's go with one question and we'll see what we can do with you. Hey, Carol. Hi. Hi. Um, a couple of years ago, I bought some of the little tiny um, containers of ivy, yeah. two different types, to put on both sides of the entrance of my house. Yeah. Now they're out of control. <laughs> it's a complete jungle. They're starting to grow. They're, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, right. I was pulling variegated ivy that I planted about 10 years ago in a barrel, and it's all underneath the shrubbery. It is in places I don't want it to be. And that variegated ivy has become sort of a thug for me. <laughs> right. So. How do I get rid of it? I, I just want to get rid of it. <laughs> Follow my example. Go out there and dig it all, fill it all, get it out of there, and let it get gone. I mean, theoretically, Carol, I guess you could... Um, paint Roundup or spray Roundup if you wanted to onto the leaves as long as there's nothing else around it that you want to save. Mm -hmm. In my case, I've got anemone. I've got uh, my Daphne is right next door to it. I've got uh, uh. cannas going around it, and I'm not going to spray Roundup on those good plants. And so that's why I was bent over in the front yard by the street pulling variegated ivy out of the ground yesterday. <laughs> okay, so it, it, it won't grow back because ivy... It seems like it always grows back. Well, because you're going to be very, very persistent, <laughs> aren't you, Carol? Because yeah. you're going to be very persistent over the next year of looking out there and seeing if anything has come back. Generally speaking, I found if you pull it out of the ground, the roots are pretty shallow for ivy. If you pull it completely out of the ground, put it you know, in the garbage man bag and let them take it away, they don't come back unless you missed a spot. And that's why the persistence comes in. So they say that the best gardener, best gardens are fertilized with the gardener's shadow, meaning you and me got to walk around, got to go see if that barrel has still got the variegated ivy coming out of it. If not, 
what could we put in there? If so, pull it out and keep at it. It's not, it's not a monster. It's not magic. It's not a miracle. Ivy will be under control if you keep pulling it out or poisoning it, either one. But it will take persistence. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after news. <laughs> 